0: Thank you for listening to our Love City Church podcast. Visit us online at www.lovecitychurch.ca. We pray that this message encourages you and strengthens you in your walk with Jesus. All right, come on, good morning, Love City Church. Welcome to Generation Sunday. Woohoo! Come on, it's generation Sunday So I want to know where all my kids And youth are at this morning So if you're a kid or a youth in the house This is the one time you guys are going to get to do this in church Okay, so you got to make it count I want you to yell as loud as you can On the count of three Are you ready? Ready? Okay, one, two, three Go! <laughs> Pastor Ryan, you're not a kid eh? Come on. Wow. Well, I think the kids kind of own the church right now. That was really loud. Come on. All right. Well, for those of you guys who don't know me, my name is Jesse and my husband and I, Kyle, not my husband. Yes, my husband and I, Kyle. (laughs) Kyle. pastors here at Love City Church and we just have such a fun time pastoring the youth together. He is my greatest supporter and the sponsor of half My Wardrobe. So (laughs) that's the perk of getting married. I can steal his clothes. Uh, But no, come on. We are just loving what God is doing in our youth. Come on. Who enjoyed that testimony video from our youth this morning? Come on. God is moving in our youth, guys, and it's been super cool. But before I move on, I just want to give a quick shout out to our girl, Isabella. Come on. Her birthday is tomorrow, guys. And didn't she do a great job leading us in worship? So come on. Happy birthday, Isabella. You're the best. She told me not to do that, but I did. Um, Okay, so come on. We've got some super fun things happening and coming up for our youth ministry um, here in the next little while, but what's probably most exciting, Ryan kind of mentioned it earlier, we've got our fourth annual youth retreat happening this summer, come on, July 7th to 9th, there is our Shine Youth Retreat. Guys, I gotta say, our youth retreats have been a highlight of the summer for the youth, And it's been awesome because we've been kind of small and doing random things, but it's been powerful. Our first year, we took the kids out of their city kids' comfort zone, and we took them tenting in the mountains. And I can say that the leaders and Brea really enjoyed it. (laughs) Not too sure about everybody else, but it was so fun and awesome just get together. Our second year, we had our youth retreat in my parents' backyard. Shout out to my parents. And we did just some fun things around the city. And last year, we had our youth retreat. We shoved over 20 kids into Colonize's one bedroom apartment. And it was squishy, but it was so fun and so awesome. So every year has been getting better and better. But guys, this year, our youth retreat is going to a whole nother level. We have rented out the entire Kananaskis Wilderness Hostel for two days, two nights for all of our youth. So come on, if you're a youth in the house, if you have kids grade 5 and up, or if you have friends who are in grade 5 or up, and you want to invite them, register. There's still tons of room. There's still time. And if money is an issue, don't let it be. Contact us. We want to partner with you because we want as many youth as possible to come out and enjoy hanging out, learning about Jesus together, and spending some fun time in the mountains. So it's gonna be awesome. Let's go. All right. Well, this morning, guys, we're gonna dive straight into it. And I'm just going to share what we've been talking about in the past month in youth group. So over the past little while, we've been trying to answer the question of who is God? And it's important to know as kids or youth or adults, wherever you are, it's important to know the answer to this question, because what we know about God, what we believe or what we don't believe about him is going to impact our lives. Okay, it's gonna determine how we go about our day-to-day lives, how we live, but it's also going to impact how we see the world, but ultimately how we see ourselves and what we believe our purpose is and our meaning for meaning for life is. Okay, so it's super, super important to know the answer to this question: who is God? And I don't know about you guys, but I've been noticing that more and more in our society today, there's a lot of confusion about who God is, right? There's lots of ideas. There's lots of, lots of different spiritualities and I was actually going for a walk at a dog park, Sue Higgins Dog Park, who's been there. Best dog park, so big, so glorious. My dog can just run and burn all the energy. It's awesome. But come on, she was playing with another dog and as a good dog owner, when your dog is having fun with another dog, you kind of let them play but slowly try to follow the other dog owner and try not to be creepy. But I ended up um, starting up a conversation with the other dog owner and we got on the topic of work, so I told her, well, I'm a youth pastor at a church in the city, and it's super fun and awesome. And then her response was, oh, cool. I think Jesus is good, but I'd say I'm more open. I'm spiritual. I'm just open to whatever, whatever is out there. And I don't know about you, but this answer, like, really struck me in a funny way, because I was like, why would she need to differentiate the fact that, okay, she knows I believe in Jesus, but she's open, that she's just spiritual. Her spirituality isn't just limited to Jesus. And this answer, this conversation with this lady really showed me that today we live in a world that's just open. There's just tons of different spiritualities and ideas about who God is, and it's impacting how each and every single person is living their lives. So when I heard this, I was like, man, how do we sift through all the ideas about who God is All this different spirituality, all the different philosophies, whatever. How do we sift through all of that and get to the very bottom and the truth of who God is? And so the good thing is that what we're going to talk about today is that this isn't the first time in history where our world has been kind of just so full of different spiritualities and defined by feel-good ideas. And there's not really one truth about who God is, but there's just many ideas out there and you can kind of go and believe whatever you want to. So we're going to jump into the book of Acts together today, and we're just going to take a quick look at Paul's story, okay, and how he brought the truth of who God is into a place that was spiritual, That was open and just full of different feel-good ideas or philosophies so if you guys have your Bibles you can open to Acts chapter 17 or you can follow with me on the screen here we go so while Paul was waiting for Silas and Timothy in Athens he was greatly distressed to see that the city was full of idols so he reasoned in the synagogue with both Jews and God-fearing Greeks Oh, I lost my spot. There we go. As well as in the marketplace day by day with those who had happened to be there. A group of Epicurean and Stoic philosophers began to debate with him. Some of them asked, what is this babbler trying to say? Others remarked, he seems to be advocating for foreign gods. They said this because Paul was preaching the good news about Jesus and the resurrection. Then they took him and brought him to a meeting of the Areopagus, where they said to him, may we know what this new teaching is that you are presenting? You're bringing something strange, some strange ideas to our ears, and we want to know what they mean, we want to know more. All the Athenians and the foreigners who lived there spent their time doing nothing but talking about and listening to the latest ideas. Okay, so here's what we find out about the city of Athens, the society that Paul is coming to preach the gospel in. So the people in Athens, they were a people who were super spiritual, and they were open to any and every religious belief or idea that people brought to them. Our verse says that the, that the city was full of idols. So this means that if we picture the city, is that when people walk down the street at every street corner or anywhere where they could shove a little temple, there would be a little temple to a God there. So they could literally walk down the street and just try a new God or try a new religion without having to leave their neighborhood. That's crazy. Okay, so it was like a shopping mall of temples and religions, right? So when you go to the mall, you have all these different stores and stores for like people who like sports. You have stores for kids. You have stores for rich people. You have the dollar store for those who maybe can't afford the rich stores, right? You have all these different stores, one for everybody, and it's all in one place. That is what the city city of Athens was like. It was a city full of idols, and it was open to any and every spirituality or belief that somebody could bring could bring into that city. They would just accept it, plop a temple there, and they would be good to go. okay so the second thing we learn about the city of Athens is that their goal in life was to seek happiness. That's what most of the people in Athens live for. They wanted to seek happiness and they wanted to live their best life or become a better person. And we see this because there are two main philosophies that people kind of followed in Athens. The Epicurean philosophy. Can you guys say Epicurean? Epicurean. Wow, you guys are good. Okay. And Stoic philosophy. Say Stoic. <laughs> stoic. Okay. So Epicurean philosophy, that's the system of beliefs or ideas that the point of life the meaning of life is just to be happy so we see this today when people say girl dude you do you at the end of the day whatever is going to make you happy you just do that thing doesn't matter you just be happy okay and then the stoics they'd be like no the point in life is for us to become better people We want to be the best version that we can be. So their thing would be all about kind of the self-help stuff. The next three steps to become a better mom, or a better dad, or a happier person, or a better person. That's what they would be preaching, okay? So the people in Athens, they were people seeking happiness, and they were people seeking to become the best version of themselves possible. Okay, the next thing and the last thing we see about the people of Athens is that they were all about the latest trends and ideas. Okay? We see this because Paul was invited to go preach at the Areopagus, which is basically a platform or a place in that culture where anybody who had a new idea or a new belief or a new next whatever they wanted to share, if they had any, any idea that they wanted to share, they could get invited to the Areopagus and just share their idea to a whole big crowd of people. And then what would happen is, is if that crowd of people really liked what they would hear, what they were hearing from this person, they would go find them on the streets and start to follow them so they could learn more about that idea that they were sharing at the Areopagus. So this kind of sounds like today's Instagram, right? Or TikTok. TikTok where any and everyone can kind of... They have a platform to just share their ideas about whatever they want to share their ideas about. They don't have to be a doctor. They don't have to have school. All they have to be is a person with an idea, and they could get their idea out into the world. And ladies... I'm going to be honest here. This is a safe place. We all get lost in searching and scrolling through the reels, right? We all get lost looking at, "Oh, what's this person's idea? They kind of said something that sounded interesting." Right? This happens to all of us. We get lost in trying wanting to hear the latest news or the newest ideas or the next trends, okay? So, to sum up what the people in Athens were like, they were spiritually open. They were seeking the next trend or religion that would guarantee them a happy life or that would guarantee that they could become the best version of themselves. I'm gonna be honest, that sounds a lot like our world today, right? Everyone is trying to be happy right? Being happy isn't a bad thing. We all want to be happy. Everybody wants to become a better version of themselves, and we live in a world where everybody is open to whatever idea, or whatever trend, or whatever next three steps is going to get them closer to that goal. So that's the city of Athens. And then in, Paul, in Paul's response, what we're going to read next we find that even though they were spiritually open, even though they had every trend, every religion, every God, any idea that they could ever want, they could really choose their own life, pick their own thing and go for it. There was something missing. They weren't happy. So let's look at it in Acts 17, 22 to 23. So Paul stood up in the meeting of the Areopagus and said, people of Athens... I see that in every way you are very religious, so they were dedicated and disciplined people. Okay, for as I walked around and looked carefully at your objects of worship, I even found an altar with this inscription, to an unknown God. So you were ignorant of the very thing you worship, and this is what I'm going to proclaim to you today. So there were, the Athenians had an altar to an unknown God. There was something inside them that all of the ideas, all of the trends, all of the spiritualities they were encountering, it couldn't fulfill. They spent their time and their lives focusing their lives on all these different things and trying something new, but at the end of the day, nothing fulfilled something inside of them. Something was missing that they were like, well, we don't know what it is, so here's an unknown God, and we're going to try that, Okay. And in today's world, just scrolling through Instagram, I see it every day on my feed. There are so many ads for meditation apps or mindfulness apps. There's so many diets. There's influencers trying to sell us what worked for them, right? There's reels of regimens and routines that are supposed to help us feel and function our best and live our best life. And then there's things that we can give our lives to, like our careers, our school, our hobbies, or sports. We can get married and have families, all in an effort to find happiness, right? All in an effort to just live our best life and trying to find that thing that's going to make us happy or going to make us feel like we're doing better. And to fill that spot in us that feels unsatisfied and happy. But even though all these things are good, right, like routine, exercise, having a job, going to school, playing on sports teams can be good, and there's tools out there that can help us ease our anxiety or stop the negative narratives going on in our minds, all of these things are good, and they can help us. Right? They can help us feel like we're doing something meaningful or like we're changing. But it's important to recognize that all of these things we can seek after, all of these things we can give our lives to, they're good things, but they are not ultimate things. And this is what the people in Athens were feeling. These things will never satisfy our souls. And what happens is, is when we make, point our life to these things or follow after these things or do the next trend, what happens is, is we put, we put our lives in a place where we're trying to find meaning and purpose in things that God never created to give us meaning or purpose. We have to realize that at, at the end of a day or a week or a month or a few years, whatever it is, these good things will never ultimately satisfy or fulfill us. We're going to be left empty and wanting more. And then what's going to happen, just like the people in Athens, we're going to be thrust into the next cycle of trends or we're going to go back to where we started. Struggling with the same addictions, the same bad habits, the same anxieties or worries or negative narratives in our brains. We're going to be either just thrust forward into an endless cycle of trends, or thrust backwards, struggling with the same old things. And we were like, man, I thought I dealt with this. It's here. It's still here. What the heck? That's where our life is going to be. So Paul sees this hole in the people in Athens, in their lives and in what they were seeking he knows that none of the gods none of the things none of the religions none of the trends or good ideas were ultimately going to satisfy their souls If they weren't going to transform their broken lives or give them a meaningful purpose or let them find the thing that they were that they were looking for okay so paul points them he doesn't just leave them there but he actually points them to the only one who can satisfy their souls transform their lives and the cool thing is is that in his response we see that Paul answers two questions that the people in Athens have about this unknown God the first is who is this God and the second is why did this God okay so let's look at this first one who is this unknown God let's see Paul's response in Acts chapter 17 24 to 26 The God who made the world and everything in it is the Lord of heaven and earth. He doesn't live in temples built by human hands, and he is not served by human hands as if he needed anything. Rather, he himself gives everyone life and breath and everything else. From one man, he made all of the nations so that they could inhabit the whole earth, And he marked out their appointed times in history and the boundaries of their lands. So the unknown God, the God they were hungry for, the God that was unlike any other God that couldn't satisfy or fulfill an empty part in their souls and their hearts, this God they were hungry for but couldn't find, and anything else that they had tried, Paul says that this one true God is the God who created. He is the creator. He says that he made the world and everything in it which includes you and me. We're in the world, right? Nobody's in outer space right now. We're all we all live in the world. So he we didn't come from some cosmic mistake or one in a million freak accident, but everything we see and every single person that was created was made, was designed and was created by God who is the creator. Deuteronomy 32 6 says this Is he God, not your father, your creator, who made you and who formed you? So Paul is saying, God is the God who created. He created you and me. And so this is the biggest thing that Paul highlights about the one true God. He is the creator. And as creator, he says that it also means he is sovereign and self-sufficient. So unlike other gods or religions that only have the power people give them by going there and by worshiping, the one true God doesn't need anything from us to be sovereign. He is self-sufficient, he is above it all, and he doesn't need us. But the cool thing is, is that in creating, it shows that he wants us. God does not need you, but he created you because he wants you. So God is sovereign and self-sufficient, which was unlike anything the Athenians had ever saw or encountered before. The next thing is God is creator, is that he is the one who gives us life. Unlike any other god or religion that gets life from what we give them, like those religions that give food to their God so they can be sustained in wherever they are. Unlike any uh, uh, any other God or religion, our God is the one who gave us life, who breathed the breath of life in our lungs. In Genesis, there's this really cool picture of that. When God was done creating man from the dust of the earth, he breathed the breath of life into him. And what's cool is that he doesn't just leave him with life. But in creation, in that story in Genesis, God puts him in the garden where he has everything he could ever need or want to thrive with the life that he had just received. And so Paul tells this to the Athenians. He's like, God is the God who gives us life. He gave us everything we need to thrive in life. He has given us our homes. He has given us our friends. He has given us the ability to have and make a family so we can be in relationship with one another. He is the one who has given us skills and abilities so that we can work jobs and have fun. He is the God who has given us everything we need to live. Down to the very breath that's inside of our lungs, God has given us life so good come on and the last thing he says is that as creator god didn't create us to be distant from us but he says in acts 17 let me find it he says in acts 17 that he made the nations so that they could inhabit the whole earth And that he actually marked out their appointed times and histories and the boundaries of their land where they would live. So this God who created didn't just want to be in a distant relationship with with his creation where he kind of set them in motion and let them go and do whatever they want. This is the God who created, but who has been involved with the very life he created at every single point in history. That's cool. That's cool. So, Paul answers their first question Who is the unknown God? He is the Creator. He is the Creator who is sovereign, who doesn't actually need us, but who who has chosen out of His goodness to give us life. He is the Creator God who is involved with the very people He created. So, this is who the true God is He is the Creator. And so that leads us to the second question the people in Athens would have been asking. So, if the true God is the creator, why did God create us? Why did he give us life? Why did he choose to be involved with our lives in history? And we see his answer in verse 27. Let's go there together. So, God did this, he created, he gave us life. And chose to be involved in our lives so that they, the people he created, would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him, though he's not far away. So the creator God, Paul's answer to why God created us is so that we could live in a relationship with him. Look at this, the creator God chose to create us so that we could seek him but not just be in a state of endlessly seeking God, but so that we could actually reach out to Him and then find Him. But I want you to notice that there's action that we have to do. Okay, We have to be the ones to actually be seeking God. We have to be the ones to be reaching out to God so that we can actually find Him and actually know Him. Jeremiah 29.13 says this, You will seek me and find me. When you seek me with all of your heart, I will be found by you, declares the Lord. In the message version, it says this. When you come looking for me, you will find me. Yeah, when you get serious about finding me and you want it more than anything else, I will make sure you are not going to be disappointed. Oh my gosh. Guys, do you realize that the the Bible promises us if we put in the effort to seek God, we are going to find him. We're not going to be left disappointed. We're not going to be seeking for our entire lives. We are going to find him. So I'm going to ask you maybe a challenging question. So if I poke the bear, don't talk to me after the service. No, you can come talk to me. Okay, but I'm going to ask you a question. If you're hungry for God and you're here today and you're like, yeah, I want to know Him. I would like to know Him. Are you really going all out in your search for Him? Are you really going all out in seeking Him? Or are you just searching for something that's just going to make you feel good, that's going to give you the warm fuzzies and let you live your own version of what you think your best life is? Because the Bible tells us if you really want to know God, and you really start looking for Him, you are going to find Him. But we have to be willing to go all out in searching for Him. We have to be willing to not settle for less than the one true God. We can't be willing to settle for trends, or ideas, or spiritualities that'll just leave us empty at the end of a day, or a week, or a month, or a few years so I wanted to let you guys know today it's okay to feel restless in life it's okay the people in Athens felt is this all that life is about going through the motions day after day after day hearing a good idea trying it but then it not working after a while is there more to life than just going to work trying to be a better person going to bed and then starting it all over again is there more to life than feeling like you're doing good in one moment but then sucking in the next? I don't want to show you guys, it's okay to feel that restlessness. I felt that restlessness. In this past season, I've been working from home and as an extrovert, that sucks. <laughs> it's hard. And so my husband and I prayed about it and we were like, okay, what if we tried getting a, a dog and so I could have a little buddy? which she's amazing and she's awesome. But she didn't satisfy that deep longing inside of my heart. She didn't, she didn't make my life all okay and fulfilled and satisfied. She actually made it more work. Because <laughs> now I'm worried if she's getting enough exercise. But I had to come, after I tried a few things and looked at a few ideas, I had to come back to this place where, man, nothing fulfills or satisfies my life like a relationship with the God who made me. We're made for more than just the life that we see in front of us. Ecclesiastes 3 says this, He, God, has set eternity into the human heart. There's something inside of us, each and every single one of us, that knows we're made for more than what we see or experience in front of us. We're made for eternity. John 17, this is what eternity eternity is. He says, this is eternal life, that they would know you. The only true God, that they would know Jesus, who you sent, what we're made for, the only thing that's going to satisfy an empty hole in our heart is a relationship with the one true God who created us. As we end today, I just want to look at how knowing God and tr- and choosing to live in a relationship with Him is going to impact our lives. I'm going to go a little bit over time, so I hope you guys stay with me for a little bit here. But in Acts 17, 28, Paul shows us what living life in a relationship with God, how that's going to impact our lives. He said this, for in Him, and this word in, before we go to the rest, this word in means in a close and intimate relationship with God. It's not just a distant relationship, but it's a close and intimate relationship like a man and a woman when they're husband and wife. It's a close and intimate relationship in in the most closest way you can imagine. You are united, you are tied together, you are knit and sewn together. This is how close we're supposed to be with God, we're tied and fused together with Him and that nothing can separate us from our relationship with God. Okay, then we'll just go on to the rest. For in Him we live, And we move and we have our being. Knowing God, having a personal relationship with Him is going to impact three parts of our lives. The first one is how we live. The Greek word here literally means our practical way of living, how we conduct ourselves, what we literally and practically do day to day, how we start our morning, what we do at lunchtime, how we end our day, The practical things we do in our day is going to be changed when we know God the only way we can learn how to live a good life and do the things that are going to be good for us that aren't going to harm us the only way we're going to learn how to stay away from the things that are actually going to cause more brokenness and damage inside of our souls inside of our hearts is to know God and to live in relationship with him he's going to teach us how to live an actually good life A blessed life, the best life we can ever possibly live is found in a relationship with God. The next thing we see is that Paul says it's gonna impact how we move. And this Greek word here, it means a goal. It's the direction set before us. It's kind of the ultimate thing, what you want your life to, the end goal of your life, where you want your life to end up, what you're choosing to aim your life towards. That's going to be impacted by God. Okay, so our life goal could be to be good at sports, to have a career, to have a house, to have a family, friends. Our life goal can be a lot of things. But at the end of 5, 10, 20, 30 years, what happens if those things fail, right? What happens if we can't afford the house? What happens if we all of a sudden get really bad grades in school? And that's what people have been saying, this is your goal, to get good grades. end of our life we don't get what we've set out for and so in a relationship with god he tells us that our ultimate goal is eternity it's eternity with him it's to it's to hear the voice of jesus when we rock, when we walk across the line of eternity and it's his voice that says well done my good and faithful servant i'm so proud of how you lived i'm so proud of how you loved your neighbors this is the only goal in our life that's gonna make life worth living. The last thing we see is how we have our being. It's the Greek word for our purpose and our identity. So we can only find a meaning, purpose, meaningful purpose in our lives or a strong identity, a strong sense of who we are no matter what happens, no matter what people say to us. Found a relationship with the God who created. So I want you to hear this today. No matter who you are or where you are or what your story is or how messy your past is, you can have a good life today. You can have a meaningful purpose. You can have something that you're looking forward to that's going to make the life you live today and tomorrow worth living. But it only comes through knowing God and being in a personal relationship with the God who created you. And so as we finish today, that leads me to our last question. So if this is who God is, if this is why he made us to be in a relationship with him, how do I get there? John 14, six says this. Jesus says, I am the only way. I am the truth. I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. John 1.12 says this, To all who did receive him, who received Jesus, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right, which is the power and authority and privilege to become children of God. So I want to encourage you guys today, this morning, no matter where you're at, no matter what life you live no matter what things you're facing god has so much more for you today and that's found in a relationship with him that only comes through jesus christ i'm gonna invite you guys to stand with me this morning I want you guys close your eyes for a second i want you guys to hear this today that god wants a relationship with you He wants to do life with you, okay? He wants to do life not based on the trends or things that'll make you feel good or that will ultimately leave you empty, but he wants to have a relationship with you where he changes your day-to-day life around, where you receive a meaningful purpose, where you receive an identity of who you really are no matter what happens. But I wanna encourage you today or just challenge you today is that in order to be in a relationship like this with God, It hinges on our choice. The verse in John says this, it's to those who accept him, to those who believe in his name, we have to choose to accept Jesus as son of God. We have to choose to believe that he is the son of God who died on the cross for our sins, who died to take the distance that was made between us and our heavenly father and our creator because of sin. And he closed that gap by raising to life on the third day out of the grave life you can have this relationship with god today but it hinges on your choice you can live a new life today you can have a new goal for your life that gives you purpose and meaning you can have a new identity today that's mended and not broken but it's healed and it's good and it's true and so i want to encourage you today if you're here and you've known god you've known about him you've kind of done life with him a little bit, but you've swung back into old things or you've swung back into relying on trends and you find yourself empty again and unsatisfied and unfulfilled, you can choose to have this relationship with God again. It's always available and open to you. It's your choice. And if you're here today, and maybe you, this is the first time you're hearing this message that God made you, but he made you to be in relationship with him and only that is gonna satisfy you, only that is gonna fulfill you. And it's through Jesus that we get that relationship and you're here and for the first time today, you wanna make that choice. On account of three, I'm gonna ask you to raise your hand. Everybody's eyes are closed. This is a moment between you and the Lord but there's something powerful that happens when we just kind of admit it out loud and we raise our hands. I'm only gonna be the one to see it. So if this is you today, if you're here and you've been in a relationship with god before but you've left it and want to come back you can lift your hand on the three or if you're here and you want to make this decision for the very first time today you can lift your hand on the count of three. One, two, three. you can go ahead and lift your hand wow come on amen guys okay come on i'm gonna pray for you guys keep your guys closed for a second but come on church Let's just all say this prayer together as we close so we can support those who raised their hands this morning. So come on, repeat after me. Dear God, thank you for creating me. For more than just going through the motions. For more than just following trends. But to be in a relationship with you. Today I choose. I find you today I choose to open my life to Jesus to believe that he is the son of God who died on the cross and rose again so that I can be in relationship with the God who created I want to encourage you to text jesus to this number on the screen because you don't have to do it alone this journey this decision goes beyond today it can impact your tomorrow and next week but we don't want you to try to figure it out on your own so i'd encourage you to text jesus to this number on the screen and we'll be right there to partner with you ready to walk with you and answer your questions thank you for listening to our love city church podcast visit us online at www.lovecitychurch.ca. We pray that this message encourages you and strengthens you in your walk with Jesus.